From the Financial Times in Cairo, I'm Heba Saleh and this is FT News. Egypt has adopted tough economic reforms in the past two years, including a reduction in energy subsidies and a devaluation of the currency that caused soaring inflation. The measures, under a loan agreement with the International Monetary Fund, are aimed at narrowing the hefty budget deficit and reducing debt levels. I spoke to Finance Minister Amr al-Garhi recently about his 2018 budget plan. And I began by asking about the government's priorities for this year. We do two things. We create fiscal space to reduce the deficit on one side, and two is to direct more expenditure into a more productive kind of expenditure. By doing so, increasing investments, increasing expenditure on human capital development as well, and addressing a social safety package for the needy people. It's a style of work that will enable us to have a sort of a subsidy that is well-targeted rather than giving subsidies in different forms that is absolute to everyone and does not really differentiate between those who need the subsidy and those who do not. What is the targeted deficit? This year, 17-18, we're planning to close on a very slight primary surplus of 0.2% and an overall deficit of somewhere between 97 to 9.8% while next year we're planning to have a primary surplus of 2%, which is a very big percentage, and an overall deficit of 8.4%. And that reflects the fact that the country is being able to generate more revenues than the expenditure without the interest expense. This surplus will help us in really settling part of our debt service or debt itself, even at a small amount, but it will help us in reducing our addiction to taking more debts and gradually reduce our budget indebtedness to GDP from the peak level that we have reached by mid-2017 at 108%. This year we see it at 97%. We're planning next year to see it at 90 or 91% and then reduce it thereafter to a far more manageable level. What is your expectation for the carry trade? Will Egypt still be an attractive destination for debt investors? Over the past year or so, some $20 billion entered the country as a result of the carry trade. Before 2011, we had a level of, as you're describing it, uh, carry trade, we had a level of $12 billion in 2010, and we were at a much lower interest rate back then. And measuring by the level of liquidity, that were available back in 2010 and the level of liquidity available today, the level of liquidity today is much, much, much higher. So we are at a $20 billion level. And then people actually balance between two things, between the level of risk that they are taking and the level of interest that they are expecting. So every time we improve our economic figures, every time we get a better rating, a better upgrade in the outlook, a better rating itself, that means that the risk tolerance by investors for our carry trade will be better, and that's why they can take it at a lower interest rate. So we will continue to be attractive, but we never expected that uh, maybe in the first year when we reached $20 billion, we never expected that uh, this will be $40 million in the second year and 60, and then we, we reach $100 billion. We never expected that. We never operated on those basis. What is your aim for this year? Would you like to keep on borrowing at the same pace? We don't borrow just for the sake of borrowing. (laughs) We borrow 
to finance the budget deficit, okay? So we borrow based on a plan, on based on our needs, and based on the liquidity in the market, and based on um, addressing the maturity of our indebtedness in order to put it on rather medium and long-term basis in order to have a good predictability on our debt service quantum every year. That's very important for us. Egypt has had two successful eurobond launches this year, one for dollars and just recently one for uh, euros, yes. Do you anticipate going back to international markets in 2018? And is there a financing gap that you're trying to plug? How big is it? We go based on a plan, actually. And basically, depending on our financing need, we decide when we go. But with investors and with ourselves, we would like to be Predictable. So what we communicated to the investors is that if we go back to the market, it will not be before the last quarter of the calendar year this year or probably the beginning of the calendar year 2019. So it is very obvious our plan and our agenda and our need based on that. Egyptians worry about the rising debt. How do you expect to bring that down? Debt payments are now a third of the budget maybe more interest on that. Next year is going to be 38 or 39 percent, which is close to 40 percent of our total expenditure. Very important for us is to grow the economy, and then the level of debt to the size of the economy will go down in relative terms. I mean, in absolute figures, the debt will increase, but with time, this debt level will level off, and then we might see it as we progress and as we achieve a sustainable growth in our economy. I will not fancy myself and speak about maybe 7 and 8 and 9 percent. If we cruise at 6 to 7 percent for maybe 10 years, things will change dramatically in the country. Social justice in the best form is to create jobs for the people. Okay, We can go and really continue to give a social safety package and so on, but without really investment and the growth in the economy and creating jobs, this is what countries do. They create jobs for the people, for the people to feel the welfare. We've peaked at unemployment at 13.5%. In the last quarter, we went down to 11.3%. People will, will feel better situation when we take this even to a single digit. This is where, where people will feel things are getting better because it is, it's all about the activity on the economy and it's all about creating jobs and reducing the unemployment rate. Why is FDI still low? And much of it seems to go into oil and gas, which are very necessary investments but do not produce jobs. What's holding it up? Nothing is holding it up. It is very obvious and it's very clear, and you can see it by your own eyes, I mean, in a number of fields. So if you talk about FDI, when you have a country that was in a very difficult situation, and then if you go through an economic reform program, people who are watching from the outside, they just continue to see whether the government will be able to continue the reform program, whether the government or the regime or the country will suffer a fatigue in the process so that it doesn't complete the economic reform program. Once people are sure and increasingly becoming assured of the ability of the regime and the country of continuing the reform program, you will see the FDI coming in a big way. And reform is a number of things. You need structural reform, you need legal reform, you need facilitation, you need more action on dealing with issues that faces investors. What we're having our eye on is basically attracting more investment, local investors, even government, I mean companies operating within the government, that they can invest. We're offering our companies in the IPO program in order to create more source of financing to those companies and to also contribute as part of corporate governance that, I mean, those 
who are running the companies be exposed to general assembly meeting where they are being asked for what they are doing and their results and so on. And this is very important. So you have different channels in order to create investment and grow the economy as well. One of the complaints that one hears from local investors and from foreign investors is sort of a worry about the widening footprint of the army in the economy. To me, it is unfounded kind of talk because, number one, I don't like to use the word army, okay, because army does not do investment. I mean, uh, Ministry of Defense or any other ministry is part of a government, okay? And um, when people talk about this I mean, they have to talk about what the government owns. The government owns companies in reporting to the Ministry of Public Enterprise. government owns other operations here and there. But that never stopped anyone from coming and investing in the country. If you look at a huge number of industries within the country, tell me what kind of government institution that is occupying maybe more than 3 to 5% in the entire universe of a specific industry. If you talk about, for instance, food industry, it is predominantly more than 95% private sector. If you talk about pharmaceutical industry, same story. If you talk about construction industry, it is the same thing. Real estate industry, tourism industry, you name it. You name whatever industry that is there, and you can find that the overall government, not not Ministry of Defense or something like that. The overall government does not own more than 5%. But in other contexts, the government has the major public utilities. I mean, so far, electricity, oil and gas, water and wastewater, other things, transportation. But this is even is opening up because the law is allowing now companies to come in the electricity universe. They are coming in, in a big way in the renewable energy, transportation. We're opening this also to private sector to come in. In oil and gas, in gas uh, companies are coming. In oil, you operate with multinational companies that do the exploration and production. So the allegation that... Um, whatever firm within the country is really have a clout and occupying that so much of the economy is unfounded to me. And for this year, 2018, the government plans to IPO several companies or stakes? We announced the program of 23 companies. We're now on discussion for between now and the year end, something between four to six companies to be offered. Do you feel you're in a race against time because Egypt needs to create 700,000 new jobs every year? And one of the reasons why there was a revolution in 2011 was economic difficulties, joblessness, a loss of hope for the young. Race against time, the most important thing for us is to do the right things, okay? And thereafter, things will come naturally, okay? We have an issue definitely with the increasing population, as you probably know, because I may have said it before in different occasions. I mean, the annual increase in population definitely, with so much resources, definitely puts pressure. But you can always accommodate for that. I told you that we have decreased our unemployment rate from 13.5% to 11.3%, including of those who are coming to the job market. So you've, we've reduced that by 2.3%, and you add to that the people that came to the job market as well. So the work is being done, the job creation is taking place, and things will get better. It, it, it can only get better from here. What worries you? What keeps you awake at night? Good execution on the ground in, in every perspective, and also the external shocks, okay? Uh, definitely, I don't want to see oil prices going to 100 or 110, something like that. And the good execution on the ground, this is the most important thing. And being able to create the kind of growth that we want to see in the coming years. And the most important part the, for this is to be a decent growth for a sustainable period of time. That will make a hell of a difference for us. 
Thank you. You're welcome. That was an edited interview with Egypt's finance minister, Amr al-Garhi, which was conducted recently in Cairo. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.